Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. Going to be looking at verses 7 through 9, focusing in on verse 9. Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, focusing in on verse 9. Genesis chapter 2 reads as follows. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And verse 9 reads as follows. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Notice this, he's going to put two trees There's more than these two trees, but these are two of the main trees that he put in this garden. One, the tree of life, which is also in the midst of the garden. And the second one is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Two trees, which will turn out to be significant in our salvation experience. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, out of the ground, the... Out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for the food, good for food. The tree of life, that which is alive, flowing, fresh and reviving, was also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge, that perception, discernment, understanding and wisdom, but what of good as well as evil. God gave Adam specific instructions about both trees. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He also gave Adam the power of choice. Same book, same chapter, Genesis chapter 2. Let's go to verse 16 and verse 17. 16 and verse 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. So notice this command. Every tree you can eat of. Every tree. And it came to me there's more than just those two trees that were there. But every tree you can eat of. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you should not eat. For in the day that you, you should, that you should eat of it, you shall surely die. Interesting when you think about that because from a standpoint, you got trees all around you. But the very tree that we shouldn't touch is the one that we do touch. The very one that they tell us that we can't have or shouldn't go after, that is the one that they went after. But you notice what God did. He gave them a command. He gave them orders. He gave them a charge. He sent something in order. Now, We must continue to learn how to recognize and appreciate God's orders. His orders bring about protection. It brings about peace. It brings about prosperity. When we follow the orders or the commands or how God sets things in order for our lives. It's powerful and productive uh, choice that we make to follow God's order or God's word 
And one thing we have to learn is when we come into God's house, we got to find out what is our orders that come from God. What is our mindset? What should be our understanding? How do we need to correct what we are doing each and every week to fall more in line with God's will for our life? Because I thank God he loves me enough to give me orders, to change the way I'm going, to bring about peace and prosperity in my life. So when I come into the house, I'm asking God, I need help, God. I need to hear your word so in turn I can change the way I think, the way I talk, and the way I act to be more in line with your word. I need to follow your instructions so so you can rescue me, and, and I need to find out my recovery plan for my life. I need the Holy Spirit to be able to help me to apply what I hear. If I need to give, I need the Holy Spirit to help me to learn how to give. If I need to fast, I need the Holy Spirit to help me to fast. I need guidance from the Holy Spirit. Why? So I can get things in order. Everything in order. I'm praying that my pastor hears and says precisely what I need to hear in this message and that I don't miss what the Holy Spirit is speaking into my life, whether it comes directly or indirectly. I need to take God's word and share it with others but uh, and so they can see it operate in their life as well. Share my YouTube video, share sermon notes, send in the text with something that I learned. Kind of like Minister Marion was talking about earlier there. She was right on target with that, though. Because sometimes people are not going to hear it, but they need to hear it from us. We need to get to the place where we are understanding how we should live. That brings us to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible reads as follows, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Notice how we should live. We got to make a choice to live by the word of God. We got to make a choice. That's why it says man should not live. You're going to make a choice to either how you're going to enjoy life. How is life going to be brought before you? How are you going to be blessed And you cannot do it by bread alone, bread representing nourishment, but by every word that proceeds that goes forth of the parts from the mouth of God, whether we receive that word directly or indirectly. See, when we're blessed to hear knowledge and understanding that comes from God's word, there is a level of accountability that comes with the commands of God. In other words, when accountability means the obligation and willingness to accept the responsibility that comes when God gives us a command, a saying, or whatever it is that God brings into our lives. That's why when you read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, you shall not consume it, you shall not feed on it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die, put to death. And the better definition, in my opinion, is this, to be separated from God. We don't want to be separated from God by following our way of doing things. Notice there were trees all around him, but the one tree that they told them not 
to go after, notice what it had in it, good, and it had evil. So it may look good, but it had evil associated with it. And we got to be careful in life that we don't go after stuff that look good, but you know the Holy Spirit is telling you it's got evil with it. i give you one quick example. I know it may not mean much to you, but I've been in a situation before. Went to buy a VCR. Oh, $10 a month for three years. The VCR ain't going to last no three years. I've been on the story short. But are you following me? It looked good, but in the end, it has some evil associated with it. Because you can make decisions that look good. Yeah, I'm driving in it, but nobody told you about the interest rate at 48%. Paying $375 a month, that's not including insurance on that thing. And let me say, it's going to need some gas on it. And it's going, I know you're rolling with 24s on it, but that 24 is going to need some gas, going to need some new tires quicker than the regular tires going to need them. And when you go to the tire store, they love to see you coming. Woo, that them 24, boy, we're going out vacation, y'all, when they leave, when they leave him. When I break this price on them and I tell them, oh, and by the way, get the protection plan in. Yeah, and by the way, why don't you get them extra stuff that shine on your wheels and all that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, tires that cost $300 cost you $550 for one tire. One tire. Not five tires. Not, oh, no, I said five. Four tires, but one tire, $550. Let me tell you something. My tires are not cheap, but I understand that, though. When I got the car... Count the cost. And you got to count the cost when you get ready to purchase a vehicle. And then when you count the cost and God say, go get it, go get it. Because God wants you to have it. He wants you to drive in it. He wants you to, I'm going to say lean in, but he wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to play your gospel music loud. Neighbor, my neighbor my neighbor pulled up one day, uh, we was out in the yard talking. He said, every time you come home, you have that gospel music playing loud in your car, don't you? I said, you know, I probably do. <laughs> Sometimes I go to the bank, I have it loud, too, and I have to turn it down so I can hear the folks talking. And sometimes when I go to the car place, I have to, I don't turn it down. I ain't going to lie to you. I don't turn it down. They play that music loud. They play it loud, y'all. And then the words come out, like, oh, Lord, that ain't God right there. <laughs> I don't know what you play when you get your car done, whatever. I'm just kind of wondering, though, but you know. But you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. So, there's a good that comes with evil. So that's the tree they went after. He told them not to do that one, but that's the one they, they went after. They went after. He said, they, you eat it, but you're going to be separated from God. Now, choice is an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. Choice says that we have options, alternatives, and possibilities. Choice comes with outcomes and consequences, and we are accountable to the choices that we make. I believe that knowledge and understanding that comes from Jeremiah 3 and 15, that particular revelation of scripture, helps us to mature in our choices, which is one of God's way to help us to mature in our choices. Go with me to Jeremiah 3 and 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, 
who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, the plan of maturity we find here in Jeremiah 3, 3 and 15 is that I will give you shepherds who will shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge. Knowledge is getting to know God in a better way. Simply put, getting to know God in a better way. And let me say this to you. You just begin to scratch the surface when it comes to knowing God. You have just begun to scratch the surface. You could study every day for 365 days, 366 in leap year, and still only know the surface of God. God is vast, he's huge, but he is well worth knowing. He is well worth knowing. In fact, you'll find out that the same God that you get to know through scripture and through revelation, it's the same God that works in your life. I like that. I like the fact that when I go go to work, that's my that's that God that works for me right there. When I go home, that's the God that goes home with me. When I ride up and down the road, that's the God that go, rides up and down the road with me. That is the same God that I study in Scripture. The one that parted the Red Sea. Woo, what are you going to part in my life? The one who, amen, paid off debt supernaturally with one meal. Oh, with a woman? With a woman? I know you're about to eat your last, but feed it to me, says the man of God. And the man of, she ate it, and my, not only that did she eat, she ate and fed the man of God, fed her, she had a thriving business. That's the same God that works for you. The same God that healed the one with the issue of blood is the same God that can heal your body right now. I mean, right now. You gotta wait till next week and heal your body right now. If he don't heal it, he's still able to do it. Are you fine? You know what he's going to do? He may take time to heal it, but you know God has a plan to heal your body. And you know God can heal you mentally as well. Heal you mentally as well as physically. God is a healing God. And then he says, no, I give you understanding, insight, understanding, excuse me, wisdom and prosperity. All to produce your maturity. How you're going to grow in your attitudes and behavior in God. As we grow in our knowledge of God and gain understanding insight, we are sure that God has our best interests at heart. That's one thing you always got to know about God. God has your best interests at heart. The Lord desires for us to prosper and be in hell based on 3 John 2 if we choose to follow his plan. We can help but to grow in our trust for God. Go to Third John 2. Third John 2. If you don't mind, please. Third John got one chapter. Verse 2. Excuse me. Third John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prosperous. Beloved, I pray, notice this, when you choose God's way, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Prosper God's way is going to be much better than man's way. God's way will be always much superior than man's way. Prosper means to be successful, to grant a prosperous journey in all things and be in health just as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings, your desires and affection.
prosperous. And I know, and one thing about that, when it talks about your soul prospering, it means that God is changing your mind to think better. He's changing your affections to be more in line with his affection. He's changing your attitude, your feelings. See, your feelings can get the best of you if you're not careful. Feelings can have you thinking, I mean, making decisions based on feelings. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, and, and let me say this to you. What you feel is real, too. I'm not denying the fact that what you feel is real. Remember, one revelation that really st- stood out to me, um, and I, I just got it. I mean, it just, God just dropped it to us last Sunday. But it's a real thing. It's that trust is a precious commodity. It's precious. Problem some of us have is we put our trust in the wrong thing sometimes. And the more you trust something, and if it if it mishandles your trust, it's going to cause hurt feelings. It's going to cause you to want to retaliate. It's going to cause you. Can't be real. Some of us have wanted to fight because our feelings were hurt. I ain't talking about fighting. The, I ain't talking about spiritually fighting neither. I'm not talking about, I'm just going to pray for you right now. I'm going to fast for you. No, you want to pick up something and you want to, uh, I mean, you want to grab something. I ain't talking about, I'm talking about something that will hurt somebody. Look, look, I got five people that are real with me. The rest of y'all keep praying for us. Pray for us because I know we need Jesus. That's why we go to church every Sunday and listen to podcasts and the sermon and everything. Because there's sometimes, if we ain't careful, if you put your trust in the wrong thing and it mishandles your trust, you ready? There may be only two or three of us in here to understand what I just meant by that. But if you put your trust in the wrong thing, you want to retaliate. And you know what I found out, though? It's not the fault of the person that mishandled your trust. I didn't get many amens right there, but that's okay, though. I know I'm still in the sanctuary. It's not their problem. It's not their fault, I should say. It's you for putting it in something that God told you not to put it in. And now you're mad, you're ready to fight, almost going to jail, back stalking somebody's house, looking for it, calling them 15 times, hanging up, and doing everything else. Because you put your trust in something God told you not to put it in. And now you're mad and you're angry. And tell me, well, God, what am I going through? You learn, don't you? You learn, you learn. You learn. So our soul has to prosper. In other words, it's going to think, talk, and act better or more in line with Scripture. More in line with Scripture. And we have to be careful how we position ourselves sometimes when it comes to that. Some of us might have been guilty of saying the wrong thing. And when you, excuse me, let me say this to you. When you don't allow your soul to prosper, you get a, a situation where you may say the wrong thing at the wrong time in your job situation, and that supervisor was getting ready to promote you, but they realized you're not mature enough to talk to people the right way. Get ready to get a $10,000 bonus, but your mouth got you in trouble. 
Get ready to be promoted to the head supervisor. They said, the way they talk to folks, I can't promote them. I've been lost everybody in him. Y'all missed that day. Because sometimes people, if you ain't mature enough, will run off good employees. You know, some of them would run you away if God didn't keep you. They almost ran you out, and I know you had to pray. And the Lord said, stay right there. You don't know who they're talking to. He said, stay right there. And it really wasn't about the supervisor. It was about you changing your attitude in the midst of that. Learn how to go through some things. But when God said go, but Tommy finished go, he was out the door. Because <laughs> you understand, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, this is another example. I've been guilty of this one right here, so I'm going to talk about me for a moment. As a husband, we may, we, we may be in our feelings and say the wrong thing to our wife. And we realize the chaos that it caused in our marriage over something insignificant, but became significant quickly. Our feelings got the best of us. Outcome of chaos and confusion in the home. I've been guilty of causing chaos and confusion in the home. i just be honest with you. I had, I had to repent and ask the Lord to forgive me, ask my wife to forgive me, ask my children to forgive me. Just like. How many of us have bought some major purchase because we thought that we had to have it at the moment until those payments started coming in? Our immature desires got the best of us and our outcome was consuming our cash flow. So I ain't got no money this month. I ain't got no money this month. I ain't got no money this month. $575 hoopty payment will get you money. Choice is a gift, but it comes with responsibilities. Now, let's go back to our text. Let me say that again, because I thought that's good. Choice is a gift, but it comes with responsibilities. Let's go back to our text. Psalms 37 and verse 4. Life and the scriptures are filled with choices. We're going to deal with some choices today and the outcome of those choices. Psalms 37, verse 3 and verse 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Trust is the first one. We got to choose to trust the Lord. It's a choice you make. You got to choose to trust the Lord. You got to choose that to have confidence, to find safety and security in the Lord. And the Lord should be our only avenue of complete trust. The Lord should be the only avenue of complete, 100% trust. Only one. Only one. And from there, God teaches you how to trust other people. How much to trust them, when to trust them, how long, whatever the case. But God should be the one you trust. I don't care what you're going through. I trust God. I trust that God will help me. Oh, I like that God. Even when I make mistakes. 
He, tr- I trust you, God. I messed up. You got it right. I trust you to get me back on the right path. Oh, you ain't never live long enough to you have messed your own self up. And to trust God to get you back on course. I love the fact that God loved me enough, and despite me, and still helping me. God, we, he should be the only one we completely trust. Second one is, we got to choose to do good. We got to choose to do good. We got to do means to produce and accomplish what? Good. What is pleasant? What is prosperous? What is better? Well, I got a light on this one here because there's a lot of things that came up in my spirit about this one. Acknowledging the Lord is the indication that one wants to do good. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If I want to do good, I need to acknowledge the one who is good. If I acknowledge him, it's an indication God is saying that you must want to do good. If I don't want to do good, I don't acknowledge the one who is good. I know it might be simple, but I want you to get that in your spirit that if you want to do good, you got to acknowledge the one who is good. He said in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He said seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If you want to do good, go to the one who's good. Go to the one who's good. Another example I want to give you is this. If we're going to do good, we got to depart from evil. Psalms 34 and 14. Psalms 34 and 14 is a scripture reference. He says, depart from evil and do good. Psalms 34 and 14, depart from evil and do good. Depart, turn aside, avoid it, remove yourself from it, from evil, that which is bad, that which is unpleasant, that which is wicked, that which is hurtful, evil, and my one of my definitions I want you really get in your spirit, that which does not line up with scripture. Evil is that which does not line up with scripture. Because what I think is evil may not be evil in the lines of scripture. So that brings me to good. What is good? That which lines up with scripture. I don't need your opinion on what good is. I need God's opinion on what God, what good is. People can mess you up with their idea of good. You got to know what God says is good. What does God say is good? That's what I go with. I'll give you a natural example. How many of you ever went to a restaurant? And this, and the people told you it was good. But when you start eating the food, you're like, am I at the right restaurant? Cause the food I'm tasting right here is, let me talk about a different restaurant. Let me look, let me look up. You don't want to call that person. Hey, did you say the restaurant here on such and such street over by the, is that the restaurant you're talking about? Cause I have just wasted my money. So everybody's opinion of good could be different. So I can't go by your opinion of good or my opinion of good. I got to go by his opinion of good. What does God say is good? So you can't go by people's opinion unless their opinion lines up with scripture. When their opinion lines up with scripture, then that is what is good. 
Because people differ all over. Man. I read a documentary, this, uh, listened to a documentary very recently. And the documentary was on Adolf Hitler. And this person said Adolf Hitler wrote this in, doc, in his uh, journal that killing the folks that he was killing was a good thing. So in his mind, what he was doing was good. So that's why we don't go by man's opinion when it comes to good. We go by God's opinion of good, and we do what is good according to God. Now, the third thing he talks about here is, notice what he says, trust in the Lord and do good. We have a choice to dwell in the land. Dwell means to abide, to be established and fixed and settled in the land. The land of the living, the earth, or the place where God wants you to be in. We must be in the right land because not every land is a place where we should feed from or church or ministry we should feed from. We're fortunate to be here at OCC, but not every church is an OCC. Not every church feeds sheep knowledge and understanding. Not every church feeds knowledge and understanding. Not every church does that. Not every church will feed you knowledge and understanding. So he said dwell in the land, but be in the right church to be fed knowledge and understanding. Because knowledge and understanding is going to bring us to our next point. We got to feed on his faithfulness. I like what God says about feed on his faithfulness. Because I'm looking at the faithfulness of God. God been faithful for generations to come. But God is a faithful God. I mean, let me let me say this to you. God is more faithful to you than you are. God more faithful to you than you are to him. I'm not going to try to compare my faithfulness to come to God. Because God is faithful to me when I'm not even faithful to, to. You name it, you can put it, put yours on the table. You can't even compare your faithfulness to God. Because God is a faithful God. He is faithful. Oh, oh God, he's so faithful. He is faithful. What about faithful? He, he can be relied on. He can be trusted. He, look, when I say feed, I'm going to eat or graze or consume God's faithfulness. You know what? I can look in the book of Genesis and I see God was faithful to Noah. I can see God was faithful as I go through the Bible to Moses. I can see that God was faithful to David. I can see that God was faithful to Isaiah. I go to the New Testament. I can see that God was faithful to Peter. I can see that God was faithful to Timothy. I can see that God was faithful to Titus. But you know what? I can look at the sanctuary. I can see God been faithful to you too. I see that God been faithful. He been keeping you all this time. Got kept Lady Dodge for 30 years. He keeping you, amen, all through all the trials and the tribulation you've been through. Kept you through sickness. Kept you through poverty. Kept you with things going wrong. He is a faithful God. How many can agree with me that God been faithful? I mean, think about it. I won't see anybody raise their hand because you don't want to lay hands on you. Watch this. Had you been more faithful to God? 
then God been faithful to you? Ain't no way in the world. You can't tell me. We talked about God. I mean, when God revealed that to us last week about his goodness, I mean, I was like, God. And I told you I failed the test, y'all. I told you I failed. I failed it bad. So what's happening more in the world, good or evil? I said, oh, evil. I almost had the thought, evil. I, I, I was, I had to repent for even having a, just a small fault that the goodness of God in the land of what we're living right now even compares, even compares. I mean, Pastor, everything that's happened with the pandemic, God is still much better. Everything that's happened, amen, oh, with, with police killings, God is still better. Everything that's happened with the fires, God is still better. God has did so much for each and every one of us. We cannot deny. That's how we feed on his faithfulness. Every week we come into the house of God and we hear about God's faithfulness, how he's made a way out of way maker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, that's God's faithfulness. And you listen, I know you read about him in scripture, but the same God you read about in the scripture, it's the same God that's working in you right now. Working in you both exceedingly abundantly above anything we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in you. Why are you going through? I know God. And let me say this to you. Even when things don't go the way you want them to. He's, Romans 8 and 28 is still working. That's God's faithfulness. All things are working for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. You know, I still, I know I'm going to get off. I got to go to my next point. But I want you to understand that we feed on God's faithfulness week in and week out. He's teaching us how faithful he is, despite us. I'm not looking at everybody else. I want God, I thank God he's faithful despite me. Despite me. Despite me. Hallelujah. Let's go to another scripture that talks about his faithfulness. Second Thessalonians 3 and 3. Second, Second Thessalonians 3 and 3. Discuss the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. But the Lord is faithful, one that can be relied on and trusted. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse three. The Lord is faithful, who will establish, strengthen, and make steadfast to make firm you and guard you, watch and keep you safe from the evil one. You know what the problem some people have is? They don't feed on the Lord's faithfulness daily. So they start to rely on their own understanding. See, when you don't rely or feed on God's faithfulness daily, you start to rely on other means. You start to rely on your own finances. You start to rely on the doctor, what the doctor said. You start to rely on what social media says. You start to rely on what good-minded people tell you that don't have any scriptural backing. You start to lean on your own understanding. When I love what God says, let God be established and everybody else be a liar. God knows what he's doing, y'all. 
Well, I shouldn't do this because social media said this. You do what God leads you to do. You do what God leads you to do. And then we got another choice we got to make. Delight ourselves in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Be happy about yourself in the Lord. And see, we know I love about this. We know why we're happy. Some people don't even know why they're happy. They don't. They ain't got a clue. I'm happy. Why are you happy? See, if you know why you're happy, it don't take but one phone call to knock the happiness off your face. Don't take but one news event. Doctor can tell you something. <sighs> Instead of believing God despite the doctor. Tell you something. You got to know why you're happy. I like how, what Jesus said in John 15 verse 11. John 15 verse 11 re- reads as follows. Write this in your notes. These things have I spoken unto you. That my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. Not empty, not part of the way, but full. I love what God says there. So what he's saying is this. I speak the word into your life. It brings joy. And that joy going to fill you up. You know what that means? There's no time for uh, 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 being sad in my life. Because I'm full of his word. And his word is making a difference in my mind, the way I think, the way I talk, and the way I act. But notice, if I'm not receiving his word, I can allow oppression, depression, thoughts of suicide, anger, frustration, bitterness, and so forth to get into my life. If I don't, I'm not full of his word. I got to get his word. He said, that's why I speak this word to you. You got to receive his word. His word going to make you full of joy. That joy is gladness, happiness, and delight. Joy means, one definition is delight. Oh, you said delight myself in the Lord and he'll give me. No, oh, oh go to my next part here. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. Now, before we shout about the desires of my heart, I got to get your desires right first. Got to get your desires right. Because y'all know, as well as I do, everything that we desire sometimes ain't God. I got full, I got full honest folks. Everybody else just keep looking ahead like you don't know what I'm talking about. So there's some stuff we desire is not in the will of God. Not even close. And don't even pretend like it is. God don't give me desires of my heart. I won't, I won't. You angry. You like the sons of thunder. You don't call fire down on your, on your, on your place you work at. Well, these folks have made you mad now. Walk to your parking lot. Lord, I read that scripture where you said. <laughs> But just like them, them sons of thunder, I, I'm not gonna let the fire run down. Lord, you know you so you told David you gonna get them. Let me get them. That person messed with my child. I need for you to get them, God. In fact, I want to be on the front row when you get them. To I want to be sitting right here. 
I want to, to get, Lord, make sure I'm far enough back so another debris hit me, okay, Lord? I want you to get them. Y'all don't have thoughts like that. Okay, I, I pray. Well, maybe you never get there, so I ain't got to worry about none of y'all or him. But I know the two or three people in the back of it, in the back row right there. Pray for them because they need Jesus, okay? All right, anyway. <laughs> the desires of your heart. I got to get your desires right. Because if not, you're going to be designed stuff ain't right. And then you'll get mad because God didn't give it to you. God didn't tell you to have many wives than David. Come on now. Can't have the one woman you got. So I know you can't handle. <laughs> Sometimes you can twist scripture around make it make it want to work your way you want it to work. I know you. I see you. I got the back row. I see you on that third row back there. I see you on the second row back there. And the watch out for them ones on the first one. Woo-wee! They something else, y'all. But go to, let's go real quickly. I'm almost done. Almost done. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. There's several scriptures to go with this, but I, I need to give you this. I want to make sure your desires are right. Because if not, you're going to be desiring stuff. And wonder why you ain't getting it. Is that Philippians 2, 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. For his good pleasure. Notice this. He's going to work in you. He's going to change your will. He's going to change your desires to be more in line with his desires. He's going to work on that for you. And when he does that, then you can go to Psalms 37. And talk about he's going to give me the desires of my He's going to give you desires, because why? You're desiring the right thing now. You're desiring godly things now. You're desiring to pray. Oh, my desire to pray. And, and people look at you like, you, you desire to pray? It used to be a time you desired to go and desire to do and desire to be with and desire to. But now you're desiring the things of God. And God said, I gave you the desires of your heart. Why? Because you're desiring the right thing now. Oh, you desire holiness instead of doing somebody evil. You're desiring to pray for your sister and your brother instead of doing harm to your sister and brother. You're desiring the best for other people instead of desiring the worst for other people. You're desiring, amen, that you mean that God is the head and you're the head in God. And there, and that, excuse me, and not the tail. Your desire, the heart, desires of your heart are in line with scripture. And when your desires are right, God says, I give you richly all things to enjoy. Let me get this last scripture here. First Timothy 6 and 17. First Timothy 6 and 17. You know, I like this scripture. Well, when I ran across this scripture, I said, Lord, God won't be to go on vacation. I ain't mad with him neither. I mean, I got scripture to back it up. When I go on vacation now, I go enjoy vacation. I leave everybody home except the woman beside me. Hallelujah. <laughs> we leave, listen, what's in Billerooka? Be in Billerooka. I check on y'all in church a little bit, but I still love y'all. I pray for y'all because I can't stop praying. I don't care where I'm at. But I'm gone. Gone. My wife was like, well, you going to check on so-and-so while you're gone? 
I said, no. <laughs> Notice First Timothy, uh, yeah, First Timothy six seventeen. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Notice who the live what the living God does, who gives us richly. Everybody say richly. All things to what? Enjoy. He wants us to enjoy this stuff, y'all. He gives you desires of your heart. He wants you to enjoy. Let me say this to you. It, I believe it bothers God when you don't enjoy what he, he gives you. Let me, let me tell you a quick story real quick. Sometimes when my mama cooked and she puts that, I mean, she spread it out to y'all. I want her to feel good about her cooking. So you know what I do, bro? I get a little bit of everything. Cabbage, the corn, the okra, whatever it is, I get a little bit of everything. And I go to the, go to the table, my brother. And I sit there and I eat. People be talking, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I want to feel better about myself. You know what I do? I go back to get a second plate. That boy must can like my food. And she'll be absolutely right. <laughs> Look, it don't take much revelation to get it. All y'all get? That boy must like that food. I ain't going back for seconds. And then she messed around and cooked me a pie, brother. Woo! I say woo again. <laughs> I had to show her how much I appreciate that piece of pie. Okay. Oh. One of my favorite cakes you cook. Ooh. I go and I get that piece. How long do I get one piece, brother? Say, you can take some home with you. The question is, how much am I going to leave there at the house? Because <laughs> I'm about to make her feel real good about the work. See, she ain't got to worry about her labor being in vain <laughs> when she invite me over there. Cause I don't make her feel real good. Cause why? She made it so we could enjoy it. Now, if she being a natural man, natural person, does that, how much more does God want? Boys, people, when God give you all this, to what? Enjoy. Why you insult God talking about you don't want His blessing? Why you insult God talking about you don't want his, what God wants for you? Why you insulting God like that? Man, if you don't want it, I take it, but that's okay though. I want you to have it. I want you to have it. Because there's plenty of it to go around. When you go on vacation, plenty of vacation spots out there. Plenty, I mean, there are plenty of hotels out there you can go to. On the beach, off the beach. Go, go. Enjoy yourself. God will give you your heart's desire as you choose to trust in the Lord. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. 
That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.